Hello, I'm DJ Evil Dave. And I'm Dr. Brandy's sexy voice. And you're listening to the Dark Corner Podcast. Brought to you by Gentleman's Grindhouse Records.com. Picking up after it's over. Shrapnel confetti soldiers. We've given all we've got. Sleep, walking, or waking. Days confused, forsaken. Not to Comic-Con Day 2. Day 2. Solid Lake Comic-Con. I slept like the dead until 7.25 when the arthritis in my leg said, There are clouds coming! Right. And I had a migraine this morning, plus I was majorly congested. Made it difficult to breathe, so I had to come up and use my allergy spray. Pair that out. Yep. But uh, I look fantastic, if I do say so myself. Yep, she's all cosplayed out in a steampunk outfit. Very Elizabethan. She's got a popped collar. She's got tails on the back of her corset. She's got the brown skirt she finally found. Yep. She's got some aviation goggles on the head, some tendrils. She's got gears for earrings. It's all good. These are clip-on earrings, because they were the only gear earrings I could find at the time. Oh, you wouldn't know. Yeah, they don't hurt, which yeah. I'm very grateful for, because a lot of clip earrings are just, they hurt so much, yeah. which is why I got my ears pierced. And you also have your compass uh, wrist thingy. Yes, I do. So, it's all very exciting, because for the first time, I feel like I'm actually steampunk. Yep, steampunk, when goths discovered the color brown. Yes, yes indeed. So and and I'm gonna look fabulous for our photo op with Sean Marr. So I'm excellent. Thrilled. thrilled about that. Yes, and it's kind of a firefly kind of thing, in a way. In a way. Because it's you know just the the brown of it, the adventureness of it. Yes. So the only thing I think that uh, I could add at this point is if I found some interesting steampunk ring, and or a hat. Or, yeah, let's say and a hat. I'm not gonna. I'm not saying that I'm gonna find one at Comic Con. Yeah. Well, the goggles are a good double for now because yes. at least it's headwear. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I could wear the goggles around my neck if I so desired. Yes. In lieu of a necklace, but I would actually probably still want to wear the pocket watch because I need to know what time it is. And continually pulling out my phone just drains the battery. And why, when I have a perfectly helpful pocket watch to hang around my neck? Right. So the photo ops one goal for today. The other is the Star Trek continues screening. Yes, it's seven o'clock in room two fifty A, which will be upstairs. And so, I think it's the one that's right on the corner after you go up the excel- excalate- ex- escalator. Wow, that that's convenient. It's better than going all the way to the Cinemark or where whatever theater that is. Well, last year they did. The, they had a, a different room, but it was way in the boonies. It, to me, it was like trying to find that one room at the um, Browning Center. 
Right. And, uh, Weber State. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because there's like this weird circular path, and so you lose all sense of direction. Mm-hmm. You don't know where you are. Actually, for the, about the first two years of Comic-Con, I always lost my sense of direction once we got into the Salt Palace, and now I don't. Now I know which way is which all the time, because yeah. I finally learned. Yeah, so. it's pretty easy to keep track of where you are, where the main escalators are, the restroom beneath it, where the grand ballroom is, mm -hmm. all that stuff. The grand ballroom still is kind of weird to me because it seems to me like the stage should be pointed about 90 degrees to the clockwise, you know, because you go in these doors and you're in the back of the thing and it feels like it should be turned and so you're going in the side, but it's right. not. just because that's how they did it the first year. Yeah. So. I'll just shut up now. <laughs> but I realize now once they open the part all those partitions that it makes way more sense yep. to put the stage at the narrow end. Yeah, because they could break it down and to make it smaller rooms, but since that's the pull for the major guests, they want to make that room as large as possible, turn that into their Hall H, even though now that's the Vivian Center. You mean the Vivint, Vivint Arena? Vivint Arena. Vivint yeah. Smart Home Arena is yeah. the full name. It's the Delta Center, guys. <laughs> and you know what? They haven't even changed the signs on tracks. They still say Delta Center. Yeah. So it's still the Delta Center. And it's just going to continue to be the Delta Center because that's way easier to say. Yep. Sponsors be damned. Delta Center. Four syllables. Vivint Smart Home Arena can go fuck itself. <laughs> Yeah, Staples Arena, that kind of stuff. That's what you want for in an arena name. Yeah. Arena full of staples. Yeah. No, just kidding. Uh, we have a third goal, and that's to get you an Arthur Darville autograph. Yes, which I think is going to be the first thing we try to do once we arrive, is to see what the schedule is for autographs. Because I right. know he had a panel at 10 this morning. And so my guess is that he would be signing autographs or doing photo ops after that, but I'm not sure what his photo op schedule is. It's really nice that they started posting that stuff on the apps, so that's very convenient. And they've just started saying that. They started putting the information in all of the advertisements for right. that particular guest. So, very cool. Yeah. Uh, did you want to find something for him to actually sign, or are you just going to get a photo? I think I'm okay with just a photo. If I find something that just speaks to me, I might get it, but I I don't really think... And I'm sorry that you keep hearing Yoshi's eating an egg <laughs> She's got her um, messenger that's, notification. That's my text message on. noise, and yeah. I, get, I forgot to silence my phone. And I'm driving right now, so I'm not taking one hand off of the wheel to do that. Yeah, and there's been a few podcasts recently where I've heard the ding for text message notification. And these are like the professional, like celebrity run podcasts where I've been hearing it. Yeah. That's that's pretty dopey, guys. Yeah. Silence your phones before doing a podcast. Yeah, exactly. So, and I know it's easy to forget that thing, but you know, that's something that I do when we record is I think, okay, what do I need to prepare? Dave, gets all the electronic equipment in working order, and I check to see if my phone is on silent. <laughs> Which sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. Yes, so it's always better to check. Right. Better to check twice than none at all. 
Yeah, and then, of course, we have the uh, William Shatner panel that I recorded yesterday that we can play for you. So I suppose I could do that, and then we'll return with whatever we're discussing on our way back. Yes. All right, so that's it for us now. Here is the chat. Thank you! Thank you so much, wow. That's incredible, actually. Thank you. Thursday morning, you're all out here. Why aren't you working? Should be in school or something or other. Thank you for coming here. Thank you so much. So, uh, I don't know what to say or do. Are, there, are we set up for questions? Are we set up for questions? We can do questions. We do. Have you got a microphone for questions? I got a microphone right here. All right, so hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm not ready for questions. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk a little before I answer some stupid questions. <laughs> so, a long time ago, a long time ago, I was at the University of Utah. And we, there was a program then to do original plays. And a wonderful, a genius playwright by the name of Norman Cohen, who had won many awards on radio. You remember radio, right? No, I'll let you know. <laughs> he, he had won many awards for writing dramas on radio and had become a great poet in the United States and he had written several plays and he had written a play for me which we debuted at the University of Utah. And we were taking it to Broadway. This was an opening that the university had asked us to do, an original play brought out by the University of Utah, and we were all going to go on to Broadway. Broadway. I had been on Broadway before, but there's nothing more magical than being on stage in New York City. So, we opened up. Got great reviews. In fact, there was an English professor at the time, this is probably dead of old age now. <laughs> and he said, but when I saw him in the hallway, I said, you know, and I forgot his name, Professor, we're doing a play and it has such poetry to it that it reminds me of Shakespeare. And he scoffed. And then he saw the play, he came backstage after the opening, and he said, you know, you're right. There's poetry here that is the equal of Shakespeare. So it was a really terrific play. While we were doing the play in Utah, I got a notification that a pilot that I had done the year before was going to be picked up and that we wouldn't be able, I wouldn't be able to go with the play to New York City. 
in this book and the conclusion I reached in the book was that people come to Star Trek conventions and Comic Cons to see each other. It's like, hey, I saw you last year. How's the how's it going? How's it going? What's your life? You know, uh, you look better. You gain weight. But, uh, <laughs> that was the book. Then a few years after that, I had the opportunity to make a documentary, film documentary. So I began to interview people on camera about why, what is this about Star and why science fiction? And I came to a different conclusion, a deeper understanding of what we're all doing here. It's very likely that we're all here, whether we know it or not, because science fiction is mythological. Now, I'm doing a show right now uh, The Truth is in Our Stars, and I'm interviewing people like well, there's nobody like, but of the same uh, profession as Dr. Stephen Hawking. I'm talking to uh, Mitchell Kaplan, uh, Dr. Uh, David uh, uh, Suzuki, uh, uh, a, a lot of distinguished cosmologists. And cosmology has everything to do with advanced astrophysics physics has everything to do with the imagination. I can fully comprehend these guys are living out of their head. They're imagining. Imagine a black hole. Yes, there's gotta be a black imagine two black holes coming. What would happen? They're, they're, they're making things up like what would happen if but that's how you write science fiction. Uh, I know because I've got some science fiction books out there, one coming out in the next week or two called Zero G. You gotta go read it, it's a terrific read. So you make things up. Time travel, well, of course. You go back in time, go forward in time, time. Vaguely, possibly, it's Somewhere in the midst of science fiction is science fact. And these astrophysicists are sort of living in their head thinking, well, there's an event horizon around a black hole, and information gets in but can't get out. And then Stephen Hawking says, well, wait a minute, I made a mistake. No, information can get out. How does he know? <laughs> It's bizarre. These astrophysicists are, in essence, science fiction writers. Except then, they go to mathematical calculation and they try to figure out what they've imagined if it were true or not. Most of the time, it's not true. Every so often, their mathematical calculations are right. And they discover that subsequently, like recently, uh, I'm, I'm going to have the wrong words, but maybe you'll know what I mean. Recently, the last several months, two lines of, of uh, impact we discovered that was, they surmised, two black holes 
conjoining. And those lines of impact are instruments read, and suddenly they say, what we've imagined is true. They begin to get scientific proof of the things they've imagined. Now, in science fiction, we can't prove it's true about you, we can't prove it's not Little green men that come from uh, the other side of the moon. Nah. What do you mean, nah? Prove it. It could be possible. It could not be possible. I think it's possible. That's what the science fiction writers do. There's a methodology, an attempt to explain what's on our That's us human beings yearning to go back in time and, and change things. Oh, I wish I hadn't said that. Oh, I wish I hadn't done that. Oh, I wish I hadn't married that person. <laughs> and change it. Change it by time. That's what we yearn to do. And science fiction writers write about human things.
and, and how to discover something new or, or unknown. So I was, I was uh, interviewing, and I don't know how we got on. You know, interviewing people, talking to people, which is what I think of as, as a interview. Talking to people, you gotta get close to them. So I arranged the chairs very close, like 18 inches away. Because so much of conversation is nonverbal. If you get, if you start talking to somebody, just a man, somebody you'd like to meet, or somebody that's important to you, or not important, anybody, if you get not too close so you're invading their space, but close enough so that it's intimate, their eyes, skin, their gestures, all tell you far more than their words, nonverbal language. I love doing that, discovering what a word, like getting a word, hearing them say a word, and operating off that word. Like, what did you mean by that? And suddenly, you're inside the unconscious, the subconscious of that person, and, and evoking stories. So, Leonard, known in 50 years, Suddenly comes out with this story, but at the end of it he said, I didn't even know. I knew that. He used to go home as a young man. And he wasn't going to But he hid, hid the fact from his parents. Now I'm working on government, okay. His grandfather, his father's father, lived uh, with the with Lenny's parents. In other words, the grandfather lived with his son. And the grandfather worked in leather, especially with shoes. He made shoes. And Leonard discovered that he came home. His grandfather would sit beside him and he would start fiddling with Leonard's feet, feeling the leather of the shoes, touching the heel. Then Leonard realized my grandfather was checking on me to see how well I'm doing. If my shoes need heels or soles, I'm not doing too well. But if the shoes feel good, that means I'm making money. And that was a, a loving story about his grandfather that Leonard had totally forgotten. And he was able to tell me and I told him. Yeah. <laughs> Keep them coming! <laughs> Hi. Um, so I have a really stupid question for you. No, no, no. There's no such thing as a stupid question. What you'll get is a stupid answer. <laughs> well, I, uh, I was on YouTube recently and I, uh, I found a video of a segment in on the Today Show with Richard Simmons. Wow. And I was just wondering what the crap you were doing with the guy. What the crap was I doing with Richard Simmons? Yeah, I mean, was he as annoying in real life as he is on TV? Wait a minute, what's wrong with Richard Simmons? <laughs> <laughs> cool guy. I, I love his hair. Uh, I don't remember what I was doing with Richard Simmons, but, but you know, uh, as you get older, let me put it statistically. If you gain 1% uh, of your weight,
Chuck. He's a lovable, funny, sweet, very intelligent, <laughs> loving, annoying person I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> he, he communicated with me, he emailed me the other day and said that because they're picking the show up and we're going to go other places. And I, and I said to him, I can't wait to smoke a cigar with you and have a, uh, a drink with you. And, uh, and he wrote back, me too. I love him. He's a great guy. I, in fact, love Don't let me die right now. 
surgeon, cosmetic surgeon, and get this all taken away. And somehow, she feels that God said yes. She goes to the cosmetic surgeon, and she gets all this taken away. All the wrinkles are pulled back. She comes and emerges two, three months later. She emerges from the hospital. She's Actually, um, my foot and back problems, okay, my foot problems are different. Well, okay, <laughs> because it was busier today, there's a lot of baby steps that happen, which really stiffens up my hips and makes them hurt because I am old. And so... My, my left hip is just like almost locked. It's just like, no, I am refusing to move ever again. Yeah, everybody moves at the shuffling pace, so you have to keep up with them, which means baby steps. Mm-hmm. So, still, it was not as difficult a day as yesterday was for me. Right, even though yesterday you had much better luck, I think. Yeah. Probably, so... No, there were some lucky bits involving today as well. Yeah. What were they? They're Arthur Darville. <laughs> Arthur Darville, yes. 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 Um, we caught him at a time where there was, like, almost nobody at the booth because he was about to go off to a photo op. And the photo ops were running behind, so we hadn't left yet. And, uh, and I didn't know this at the time. And I was just like, why is there nobody at Arthur Darville's booth? What the fuck? Because I thought at first, you know, he just wasn't there. And then I'm like, no, I, I'm, I'm, lo I'm looking at Arthur Darville. I'm looking he's at He's right Darville. there. There's his scruffy face. He's, he's right there. He's right there. Oh, God, he's right there. <laughs> and, of course, I had an overly emotional reaction. Well, overly compared to some people. Which is um, odd, because you wouldn't think he'd be that special but he is he is that special nothing against him but you know we weren't the biggest fans of Moffat era Doctor Who but he was the best thing of the Matt Smith era in my opinion well see that's the thing I he was maybe we weren't fans of well of course no definitely we weren't fans of Matt Smith's Doctor era not having anything to do with Matt Smith or Karen Gillan uh, or anyone else except for Moffat, um, just didn't like the writing, didn't like the, the characters. But I loved Rory, and I loved Arthur Darville, and then I saw him in Broadchurch, and then he did 
other things, and I just thought, no, I really like this guy. And then after Legends of Tomorrow, it's like hero worship. So, yeah, I cried like a baby. Yes, that was good fortune. He was really nice too, because I'm just like, and I don't even really, really talk this high. And I'm like, and I took a deep breath, and he took a deep breath with me. He's like, okay. <laughs> and then I took, thank you for everything you do. I really enjoy your work. We're excited for season two of Legends of Tomorrow. And he shook your hand on that. Yes, he was very kind, very kind, and understanding. And, and encouraging and I already posted all that shit on Facebook so yeah exactly yeah. Uh, found you a hat found me a hat was not expecting that there was this just little steampunk's steampunk store booth thing god I'm tired and uh I don't know if they've been there before. It seems kind of like they might have been there before, and I just might not have asked prices on things. But they had these really nice hats. I'm like, I don't even want to know how much this costs because the hat I was looking at, it was red. And it had this great hat band that has uh, little um, vials in it, three of them. And the hat band is actually removable, so you can actually put other things on the hat. But I thought, okay, this is going to be like 150 bucks. I can't, I can't afford this. And, and so I'm like, okay, so how much is this? And she's like, well, the hat band is 40 and the hat is 40 so it would be 80 for both of them. I'm like, what? Sold! And it was the last one they had in that particular style, so, yeah. That poor hat band, it's, uh, if you tilt the hat, it slides right off. Yeah, well... I'm stupid, okay? Um, but I mean, it's it's heavy because, yeah. And there's this thing inside, of course, that makes it adjustable on the inside in case you have a smaller head. I do not need that. I have a giant Celtic head. So, but they do all the the um, work for the um, the leather work and stuff like that themselves. That's all handmade. And uh, but the the actual hat seems like really good quality and she's like no this is like a lower quality hat and I'm like maybe lower quality in your opinion is what I'm thinking <laughs> in my head but uh, and I wanted to say honey I've seen lower quality felt hats and this is good quality but you know I wasn't going to argue her into a higher price <laughs> so yeah so we found that like first off and so I've been carrying that around all day you wanted to talk about your ring that you got yesterday. Yes. Um, not at Fanex, but was it? Yeah, it was the con before. So last year's Salt Lake Comic Con. There was a guy that was doing customized rings. And basically you could pick any ring that he had and get it, you know, up to like, I think 24 characters. And it was, it's done like with stamping, like he literally, you know, stamps with metal stamps, kind of like chisels them out, but with a stamp. And uh, this was a different guy, but he did the same thing, because I really regretted not getting a second ring that was blue so that I could put Team Cap on it. And so I saw this guy that said customizable rings, and he had blue ones. 
and you can get the lettering in white. And so I have a blue ring now in white says Team Cap. You sure do. And I love it. <laughs> how about how many times you looked at your compass on your watch t- or your Shut wrist today? God, every time. <laughs> yeah, I have this giant compass wrist thingy, steampunk thingy, for my steampunk outfit thingy, and it's it's a beautiful work. I mean, it really is beautiful, but it is frustrating at the same time because it turns my arm green because of the metal which is fine because I get sweaty and that's what happens. And it's kind of heavy and bulky, but it's I also because of the wrist on which I put my Comic-Con wristband, uh, I had to wear it on my wrist where I normally wear my watch. And so every fucking time I wanted to know what time it was, instead of checking the pendant watch around my neck, I kept looking at the goddamn compass. Yeah, you did. It's <laughs> just so dumb. Uh, we did get to see the episode 7 of Star Trek Continues. And they had a Q&A after, which is always nice, because you get to see the actors and part of the production. Yeah, they had... Um, this time they had also the gal who plays Uhura. I remember her first name is Kimmy, but I can't remember her last name. And I feel terrible about that, but I am really tired. And... Uh, and the guy who plays Chekhov has been there before. He was at the very first one that we went to when it was shortly after the series had started and they only had like three episodes up and they were, they did that over at the Megaplex. And I remember Vic Mignogna telling me personally, if you enjoy Star Trek continues, and he like took his hand and, and placed it over mine. He says, tonight over at the Megaplex. <laughs> just like, and I'm just looking at him all earnestly, and I'm like, you don't have to convince me. We will come. <laughs> yep, and we've so, been to him since. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and, and those weren't world premieres at the time. Um, they And I had seen the episode two, but I hadn't seen three. Or was it the... Uh, did I do... Yeah. Anyway, so... That was cool. But uh, episode six, was the world premiere was at Salt Lake Comic Con, and this was episode... No, episode five was world premiere, and then this was episode seven, which is was the world premiere. Because he likes to have his world premieres at Salt Lake Comic Con. Sure does. Awesome. Yep, he keeps saying. And uh, this time they had we had uh, Todd Habercorn, who is a voice actor as well, and uh, he plays Spock, and just a genuinely great guy. And he <laughs> he had to leave the panel early, and he was just saying how much he had enjoyed being here and how great everyone was. And Vic's like, didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you? <laughs> <laughs> nice. So it's it's nice when people keep coming back because they just actually like us that much. That makes me feel happy. So that was that was lovely, and it was lovely to sit down for two hours. Yeah, it was. <laughs> really wonderful. And just, just, you know, it's always fun to watch Vic do anything. Yeah, especially when he's doing his Kirk. His Kirk is so great. It, it just really is. 
and there are so many moments where you know his his face is at a certain angle that you think you're looking at young William Shatner. Yes, it's, it's very true. It is uncanny, and I felt that from the very first episode I watched, which was the very first episode. Yes, indeed. So, and uh, the episode we watched tonight actually had a tie into an episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation. Nice. At the very, very end, just a what might seem like an offhand remark to anyone else. I'm like, what? Yeah. Anyway, it was it, it was fun. I enjoy it, and as long as he keeps doing those world premieres, I'll keep we'll keep coming to him. I agree. Uh, Lego figures. We found a bunch. Oh my god, did we find a bunch. It was way more than last con. Yeah, I got myself a little Doom. I have a Scarlet Witch. I have a Nightcrawler. And I have a Rogue now. I don't even remember everything I got. I remember Doctor Strange. Yeah, Green Arrow. And a Green Arrow. A TIE Fighter Pilot. Yes, TIE Fighter Pilot and a Ray and a BB-8. Yeah, and I think that takes care of it, because I think you had six and I had four, something like that? Something like that. And this was over two different places, too. Right. But the and the place where we found the Nightcrawler was the same place I found the Doctor Strange. But we didn't see a Nightcrawler anywhere else. No, and we were hoping to see a Spider-Gwen, but there weren't any of those either. Yeah, it was kind of a bummer, but that's okay. There, there is a lot of Spider-Gwen stuff at the con, I mean, really... Yes. So much better. In fact, you got some smaller prints that were done in kind of a fun, cutesy style, and there was a Spider Gwen that you picked up there. Yes, they're just fun. It's just, just Spider Gwen is fun. Yep, Spider Gwen is fun. Um, we hit another artist, and I had previously picked up a. Frankenstein's monster and the Bride of Frankenstein, and he had another three in his collection. So now I have a Wolfman, a creature from the Black Lagoon, and a Dracula. Yeah, there he, he had a lot more in his collection this time, and I love his work. And there were so many that I did the lip smacking thing again. There were so many, and I just thought, no, I am not going to do this. I'm not. But uh, we ended up getting five. Because I got a Furiosa, and I got a Captain Cold. I could not resist the Captain Cold! Yeah, not everybody does a Captain Cold, even though you did get a Lego Captain Cold a while back. Yes, I did indeed. So, yeah. And I've got uh, stuff from that guy, too. I got a really lovely Loki. Yes. And a Dread. Yes, indeed. So, I was glad to see that work again, because I think it's really good. And that pretty much covers most of what we did today, I think. Can you think of anything that I skipped? Uh, our photo op with Sean Marr. Oh, yeah, there's that. Um, there's also the Metal Earth 3D model kits that we picked up. You had a Captain America shield, and there was an AT-AT that you saw for me, and there's a Snowspeeder, which I saw for myself. That's what drew me to it in the first place. Yes. They are lovely. They're very shiny and stuff. Sparkly. They they almost look like they're just like they should be die cast models, but there's they're really shiny. Like yep. diamond plating sort of shiny. Oh yeah, it's like very shiny metal that they use. Oh plate 
bit of metal. And they don't require glue. It's like a tab, a, you know, insert tab and use tweezers to fold it over sort of thing. Yeah. Fold it or twist it. So, uh, I got the least complicated one. <laughs> well, you got the one that you were drawn to. But, yeah, I, I do have that suspicion that maybe it's going to be too difficult of a build or too intensive of a build, but you never know until you actually build. Exactly. So don't borrow trouble. Yeah, and we saw another place that had a lot more of them, but it's like, there's no way I'm going to buy more without knowing whether or not this is viable for me. Yeah, and they were slightly more expensive there, too. They were like $3 more there. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. Uh, see your plans for tomorrow. We don't have many other than wanting to go to the arrow panel. Yeah, because David Ramsey and Stephen Amell. Sweet. Yep. So, chances are I'll probably try to record that one if we do manage to get in. So, I don't know if the interview thing that we were kind of playing around with is going to be a thing. Because people are... Either just kind of wandering around, or they're on a mission going someplace. So stopping somebody to discuss their fandom or something, I don't know if that was that good of an idea. Well, you know, it might have worked at a booth, you know, interviewing someone at a booth. Yeah, where they stop by. Yeah. yeah. But you, Well, I mean, I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about a proprietor, not a con-goer, but someone running a booth. Right. And even then, if they're doing business and you're just kind of dealing with that as well, like when they're trying to sell something and you're trying to interview them at the same time, that could be tricky as well. Yeah. It's just probably not the best idea. Yeah. There's some logistics involved. And this con has been really busy because yesterday is the busiest Thursday I have ever seen at one of these and this is, I think, our seventh? Uh, I suppose so. Or something, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, seventh. Wow. I'm so tired. Yeah, I think we're, we're running on empty on things to talk about anyway. I'm just starting to slur everything. Yeah, we don't have the biggest plans for tomorrow, so I'll probably be an abbreviated day. Yeah, which is fine, because I'm going to need the recovery time to just put my feet up. Exactly, because we hit a lot of the vendors we missed the day before. Yes, it's it's all good. It's all good. It is all good. And besides, we're starting to get closer to home. We're going to pick up some Dean Dien, so now it's a good time to end, I think. What do you think? I, I think that is the correct and proper thing to do. Okay, we're going to do the correct and proper thing like good moral Christians. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, that's it for us for now. Bye! Bye! This is Jamie from Devour the Podcast. Do you enjoy horror commentary with straightforward honesty? Oh my god, fuck this movie. Fuck this movie so hard. Oh my goodness, you know, I, halfway through this movie I was just like, let's get this thing going. Fuck this movie. Okay. <laughs> Humor and an obvious passion for the genre. I give this baby. I'll kick him in the face. I like the cut of your jib. The ceiling, Grandma. Don't make me get out the broom. <laughs> 
oh, your tears are like wine. They used to call that the vapors. Cupcakes are kind of the Schindler's list of desserts. It's it's a, a pure good. I love the idea of up-and-coming horror directors taking on the found footage genre. I really, really like that idea. And that's really the worst thing you can commit as far as filmmaking is concerned, is making a film that's just average. Well, that doesn't really inspire any kind of exactly. discussion, whether it's, you know, to rip it apart or, or praise it. Then you should spend time with David and me. And Bo. As we discuss horror films from old classics. Deep Red. Empire of the Ants. Lisa and the Devil. The Baby. The Toxic Avengers. The New Favorites. Absentia. Cabin in the Woods. The Loved Ones. Shadow of Death. VHS. The Woman. Check us out on iTunes or at devourthepodcast.blogspot.com. Devour the Podcast is a proud member of the Horrorphilia Podcasting Network. Well, day three, and we have no responsibilities for the day. New? We started a bit late, we went out to eat, and so we're missing the Arrow panel. Yep, which starts in about 15 minutes, and we are in Roy. Yeah, we're just on our way, embarking towards Salt Lake Comic Con. So we're likely to miss that panel, because by the time we get there, it'll likely be halfway through or over. <laughs> but that's okay, because they always film them. Yeah, so we can watch them on YouTube and whatnot. And we decided we're not going to buy any art today, so there's no responsibilities there. Yep. However, we may go to the vendors looking at various steampunk clothing because I might start cosplaying as well. And I really wish you would because it's so much fun. <laughs> I think I'll be, probably do a steampunk version of Riddler or something, which is manageable. And I think would be absolutely fantastic. Yes, it'd be very much fun. So that's probably going to be the major concern. We'll maybe try to meet up with our buddy Matt. I hope so because we haven't met up with him yet this whole con. And then whatever comes by, because we already had recorded the two panels, so that's taken care of. And don't know if we'll record much else. I don't know if we will interview anybody or if it's too much of a hassle. <laughs> uh, on a Saturday, it's going to be too much of a hassle, I yeah. wager. So this might actually be tacked on to the end of the uh, second episode, unless we have a lot to discuss on our way back, which is always a possibility. Which, that could be an episode in and of itself. True enough. So that's basically our game plan for today, is just relax and do our own thing. We really not have any appointments scheduled, so that should do for a pretty easygoing day. Yeah, well, it won't be easygoing because Saturday is always the biggest day of the con. Yeah, but at least we won't be pushing through people to get to an event. It's more like, oh, let's just stop here and wait for things to die down and then go there. Yes, which is far more manageable than just trying to get somewhere and you have to start a half hour beforehand because it's going to take you that long to go, like, you know, to the ballroom from this one area of the uh, vendor floor. And it's ridiculous because with normal walking, it would take you five minutes. But with 50 million people there, it will take you half an hour. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, it's going to be an abbreviated day, too. So, or day three. <laughs> It'll be an abbreviated day as well. So, um, yeah, I don't anticipate too much trouble. So, yeah. Yeah, there will be no trouble. 
I don't want no trouble in my place. Yeah, no trouble at my con. I want no trouble at my con. <laughs> and that should do it for now. And so next time you hear from us, more than likely we'll be heading back. And if not, we'll be talking to someone, maybe. And, uh, yeah, as anticipated, we are leaving the con early on day three. Yeah, earlier than I, uh, not as early as I thought we would, but we did very well today, I think. Yeah, hit the steampunk booths mostly, just to kind of price things and figure out what I wanted to do. Didn't really find much other than goggles. Bought one pair of goggles and then found a better pair, so now I have two pair. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Because yeah. the second pair were actual welding goggles that had been refitted for steampunk purposes. So they're actual metal, which is nice. Oh yeah, they're way more substantial. Yeah, they're solid and clean. The other ones are good for like an adventure wear and tear kind of look. Mm-hmm. But if I wanted a clean, pristine look, then go with the actual metal. Yes, and uh, yeah, wow, I totally forgot what I was going to say. While we're on that booth, how about talking about that? Oh yeah, let's talk about Becca and Laura. Yes, they have a a place called the Lair of Abraxas. Yes, and they are lovely individuals. And uh, I don't know even how we just started chatting, but we just started chatting. They're from Colorado. Yep, Denver. 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 Dinda, and that's how they say it in New Zealand. Dinda, <laughs> I know because that was someone from New Zealand actually said it that way. Because someone asked where where we were before you were. Dinda, where? Dinda. <laughs> anyway, so uh, and apparently they, you know, it was two women running a booth, which should be just fine by anyone else's standards. But we have a lot of entitled old white men in this state. Well, it's that Mormon thing about the woman in the home. Mm-hmm. It's like, your husband lets you do this? Oh, you're so pretty, I could just take you home, put you in a box, and keep you on the shelf. It's like, if I buy this, can I buy you too? Gross! <laughs> Misogyny up the yin-yang. Yeah, if they gave women the priesthood, would we have this situation? No, and they never will give women the priesthood. The church will fall before they give women the priesthood. <laughs> so, uh, good luck with that, guys. The end is nigh. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. But uh, they were just lovely, and we talked about everything and nothing, and we came back through later, and they saw our mystery box that we bought, and uh, they were asking about that, and then we talked some more and talked about Sailor Moon, and just had a great time with them. I could see going out to dinner with them and just having a fantastic time. Oh, easily. And I, and I warned them, because they don't know about Utah liquor or laws, and I'm like, if you go anywhere to get a drink, don't get anything on tap. Don't get mixed drinks. They're all watered down and overpriced. So, if you're going to get a beer, get a bottled beer, because they can't water that down. <laughs> yeah, because in Colorado, they actually run a gaming and, like, tea bar, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, e-hookah place. So super cool, super hip folks that are way into nerdy stuff. They had a lot of dice bag. Her husband does chain mail. So there's like chain mail bikinis that was more for sale. Yeah, and they had solid metal uh, D&D dice. Oh, my God, they were beautiful. The copper ones, oh, my God. Yeah, they were beautiful. I imagine they were pricey, but oof. Probably because they're solid. Yeah, if I wanted ever a deluxe 
set of dice, that would be the one I think is copper. So sexy. So they just had beautiful things. She hand makes all of it, Becca, and uh, Laura helps her out with the selling. And they just, they were so fun. Yeah, it was fun because, yeah, we went by their booth, talked for like 15, 20 minutes, something like that, it seemed. Yeah. I felt bad because I felt like I was keeping her from helping customers. And so I just felt like, okay, I need to go. You're, you know, having interest in your products. And, and then we came back and we talked for another about not as long, but close to it. Yeah. They were just lovely people. Just lovely, awesome people. Because um, they're from Colorado. <laughs> yeah. It's my home state. So that that was probably the highlight of today. Maybe even the con. I don't yeah, I, that for me was the highlight of the con is talking to those two. It was just a delight. I mean, yeah, the Mark Hamill thing was amazing. Getting to see the chat was fun. And then the, the uh, Star Trek Continues was fun as hell. Yeah. And yeah, Arthur Darville, Sean Mayer. Mar. 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 M-A-H-E-R? Yeah, it's Mar. Yeah. Trust me. It's Mar. And man, did he look fantastic. Did he not look fantastic? He is so handsome. I know he's gay. I don't care. He's, he's, he's a handsome, handsome man and a really good actor, and I just really enjoy him. Yes, indeedy. And he is just a super kind person. You could just, feel, I could just feel it. Anyway, I'm very empathic, and he was just genuinely happy to be there. So, yay. But yeah, those ladies, top notch. Top notch, Becca and Laura. So yeah, Lair of Abraxas. If you're ever in Colorado, in Denver, check that out. They're like open till like 3 a.m. or something ridiculous like that. Yeah, they uh, they didn't realize that everything closes early in Utah because Mormons. Um, so yeah, because cons usually go way later than this in other places. But no, ours end at nine at the latest. Yep. And then if you have a booth, you clean up your booth, and then you're out around 10, 11, something like that. And, yeah, you want to get something to eat, and nothing's open. Nothing's open, except for really crappy places like Denny's. Yeah, Denny's or McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that was the coolest part of the con for me, I think. It, It was as far as social interactions for me, as far as just talking to people and just you know if we'd had half a brain we would have interviewed them <laughs> I, I considered that after the fact it'd been cool it would have been a good opportunity but of course that wasn't in the right mindset uh but yeah they're awesome um you want to talk about the mystery box we did try to video an unboxing but my uh iCloud was starting to get kind of full and it cut out in the middle of it so i don't know how much of it i got but we can talk about the mystery box. Yeah, there is a place that was selling mystery boxes that they have been doing that um, since the beginning of this con, which I kept seeing people with these boxes and wondering, what, what is that? What is, why? And then we passed by that place today, and it was 40 bucks, and you were guaranteed five pop figures and, a, you know, a larger size plushie. And when I say larger, I'm talking about, you know, bigger than a pop so you know the size of a cat basically yeah standard teddy bear size i think exactly and uh, basically uh, guaranteed a hundred dollars retail value worth of merchandise and so we figured what the hell you know it's fun let's just it's fun 
So we got one, and uh, then we went and sat down to open it up. And the pop figures were kind of, eh, you know, nothing that I'm just like, oh, this is stupid. Yeah, there was nothing that really hit one of our fandoms. Well, the Mother Ghost from Crimson Peak kind of hits a fandom for me. Yeah, I guess that's true. Would you want that one then for you? No, 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 we're putting it with your creepy things. Okay. It fits better with the creepy things. So, it doesn't have to be one person's or the other person's. It's just ours. Yeah. We're just going to display it with the creepy things. Because it fits. Yep. And there was a Snake Plissken figure in there, an action figure, which was adorable. Yeah, it's like the... With the Funko retro-style action figure sets that they do. Yeah, I think they're called Reaction. Yeah. Uh, but cause I have a Lilu that's like that, that I got in a bundle for from Shirt Punch. Yes, indeed. I'd say keep him in the package, because it's oh, yeah, just... The package is part of the look of those figures. Yeah, I'm keeping him in the package. It's fine. And... Uh, got a sticker album it's very little girly but it makes it's it strikes that chord in me from when i was a kid and loved to collect stickter stickters stickers yeah stickers. there's something almost like my little pony-ish about the set oh it's definite that they're acting like my little pony definite um it's a definitely a ripoff um but just different enough that that's not copyright infringement yeah my miniature horse Yes, there we go. <laughs> or our miniature horse. <laughs> and uh, there was a little 8-bit figurine, Marvel figurine, and you said, wouldn't it be funny if it was a Captain America? And it was! Yeah, so she was striking with a lot of her fandoms. Yes, and then there were some ridiculous things like a giant plush mustache. A, um, a silly hat. This, the hat is adorable. Yeah. It's really cute. And, of course, my alpaca, my green and white alpaca plushie. It is, I don't know what it is about that little thing. Well, it's its about the size of a cat. I wouldn't call it little. Um, but it just, it's comforting and it makes me happy. It feels like terry cloth. It's very soft. So soft, so soft, and just adorable. And so I, I decided it was a she because she had a blue bow in her hair, uh, fur, whatever. And I yep. decided to name her Al because I can. Alpaca. Yeah, Al Alpaca, actually. Yeah, so it's mostly that, just hitting the uh, steampunk vendors and uh, talking to Becca and Laura and uh, getting the mystery box, then heading over to the hat robot booth. Chris was actually there, which was a delight because usually he's at a panel or something. Yes. Oh, sorry. Randy's yawning. I am sorry. And so we got to talk to him for a bit. Chelsea was there. Aiden was there with his family. So it was a nice little reunion. Got to talk to everybody for a bit before heading out. Yeah, it was it was lovely. Oh, and I found a full-size Captain America pocket watch. Right, because you got that miniature one and you liked it so much. And you're like, hey, if I ever see a full-size one of these, I'm buying it. And sure enough, you did. Yes, sir. I sure did. And it was a ridiculously low price. Yeah, and you open it up and there's Captain America on the background of the watch and there's some inscription inside the uh, pocket watch part, you know, the lid. It's got the Marvel logo and Captain America engraved in there. And so, you know, I know it's not like a super duper high quality, you know, 
windable watch, but I don't care. It was $12, guys. Come on. Came with a chain and everything. Well, you got it mostly for a decorative thing anyway. Yeah. Well, I just, I, I love pocket watches. And I love Captain America. And so it's the best of both worlds. Yes, indeed. And I have a silver, I mean, I have a gold pocket watch that I wore yesterday. It's my Vault 111 one. And I didn't have a silver one. I mean, I do have a silver one, but it doesn't work right. It's never worked right. So it needs a, it needs a tune-up, I think. Right. And we managed to wait for one busy train to leave to get on a lighter train, and that was really nice because it never really did fill up at all. No, it didn't. Um, it was a good thing to wait for that second train because they were running. Well, they were. it was saying they were running every 10 minutes, but that train left, and the next one was five minutes away. And so it was hardly any wait at all, and there was next to nobody at the stop at that point. So we just walked right on, sat ourselves down, and... Just enjoyed the ride back to the fourth south, fifth south stop, courthouse stop. That, that one stop where stop we stopped. Where we get off. <laughs> the, the end of the free zone, which is just funny because that's where we are parked and it just happens to be the end of the free zone. Yeah, so. right outside. You know, if we went any further, we'd have to start paying for riding tracks. But nope, we're all within downtown, so. Yay! Woo! Uh, anything else you want to say? Uh, While you yawn, uh, it's been a good con. I think I have shown some restraint. I bought a little bit, but I never went overboard. I didn't like splurge on a lot of art. Uh, I really didn't either. I mean, I got things, but I we still have a tiny bit of money left. So. Well, that's good. We didn't go over budget, which is good. And also, you got pieces for your steampunk outfit, which was a major goal. Yeah. Because usually you want to add a piece here, add a piece there. You managed to get three pieces this time around. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. So, yeah. Really important and uh, high-quality pieces. So, yeah. To the point, now that you have two outfits, not just one, but two, two steampunk outfits. Two steampunk outfits. Ah, 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 ah. Oh, sorry. Bon, bon, steampunk. <laughs> I can't, I'm terrible Shit, at yeah. work. Yeah, that's at three days of conning. Yeah. Plus a lack of sleep the first night, so you never quite recover. No, I sure don't. Everything hurts. Plus um, the twinged back. Yeah, the back is going to be fine. It's going to be so happy that I'm not walking a million places the next two days. Yes. So I am super grateful that Monday is a bank holiday and that yellow truck that <laughs> we will be um, just chilling for two days. It's like having the joy of going to Comic-Con and still having a weekend on top of it. I'll probably upload one episode of the podcast, so that'll be available hopefully by Monday. Indeedy weedy. And uh, I think that completes this uh, occasion, the uh, 2016 Salt Lake Comic Con. Yep, and they're not doing Fan X anymore, so we won't have another Comic Con until next September. Yeah, so that's 2017, so wow. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe I'll have more of my steampunk outfit completed by then. Groovy. We shall see. Yeah. Alright, that's it. And I guess we'll be back with regular programming eventually. Someday, yes. 
Hi. My prince will come. <laughs> yes, Wait he will. I already got my prince. Oh, I am your prince. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're telling me everybody about me. <laughs> well, like, in the bathroom, should we talk about that? Okay, occasion? yeah. Well, I, um, I ran into one of the ladies from Damsel in Distress, and uh, I actually took a picture of her a couple of years ago when we were waiting in line to get in on a Saturday, I think. Uh, because she had on a Captain America corset with this blue skirt, and it was just glorious. And uh, and I saw her in there, and she saw my corset, and we started talking. And uh, she was just talking about how the guys that come by with their girlfriends or wives at the booth are just talking to her chest. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, my husband does not do that. I try not to, because there's a lady at the one steampunk booth and we uh, cut your hat and it was difficult not to uh, lower my eyes. Yes, but you did it. I did not. You restrained yourself and did not feast your eyes upon her lovely bosoms. Yeah, tried to make eye contact because that's respectful. Yes, it is respectful and that's the great thing about you. And and I told you that story actually. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. Anyway, it was just funny. Because, uh, yeah, just, uh, just good times. Good times. Good times. I was wondering what happened in the bathroom because I saw somebody talking to somebody. It was like, she's probably talking to Brandy because she doesn't only take so long in the bathroom. No, even with the, the, uh, logistics of getting underwear down out from underneath the corset to pee, yeah. uh, it doesn't take that long. No. So... Yeah. All right, I think that's a good story to end on. <laughs> Let's end there. All right. And thanks for listening. Thanks for being you. And um, later, I'm Gators. Terrible with words. <laughs> okay, bye. Well, that seems to do it for this two-part Salt Lake Comic Con special couple of episodes. And of course, that means we're going to play you out on yet another song, as we had the opportunity to listen to. Bill Shatner speak. Seemed that when going through my library of songs, that I could not overlook one called Planet Sexy. And yes, that is the cat. Just considering how often Captain Kirk would mac on alien women, Planet Sexy is a song by the band Machine Rocks. It's a band we've played before. And it's one of those artists that's difficult to call a band because essentially it's one person and that's Richard Kay who's from London in the United Kingdom. He describes his style of music as a blend of industrial EBM metal and synth rock. It definitely has some danceable pop hooks. It's club music to be sure. There is one other member for live performances that's on live drums, Nuge Farrow. And Richard Kay started in other industrial metal bands such as Meat Machine and Global Noise Attack. But Machine Rocks really seems to be his primary project. In fact, regarding Facebook pages for bands, it's one of the most detailed and intensive. He even has links to free MP3s, a mailing list, tour dates, music videos. It's very well organized. Planet Sexy comes off his second EP, and I must admit the song has this 
epic soundtrack kind of quality, something you might hear at the end credits of some 90s film about the internet or something. <laughs> you know the type. Your Matrixy style soundtrack. And I particularly like a breakdown that happens towards the end of the song. I usually do enjoy those sorts of elements that take songs into different directions. So closing out Salt Lake Comic Con 2016 is Machine Rock with Planet Sexy.